In this week's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Circle Talk and continue our conversation about the banking and savings accounts and how to set those up. So let's get started. Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome back to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Again, my name is Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group, and I am your host. Uh, and we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into the circle talk. So if you didn't listen to the, my last episode, please be sure to go back and listen to that. It would make this episode make so much more sense. Uh, but even if you haven't, you'll still get some great information. And so we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into how to set up your banking and savings accounts. The biggest thing for this episode, and this, this would be great for people who are newly married, are seriously dating, or maybe living together, or you've been married for a little while now but wondering if there's a better way to handle your accounts. And when it comes to the different accounts that you can set up, there's kind of three methods when it comes to setting up these accounts. So it's your joint, split, or hybrid. And I'll be honest, we're not really going to talk too much about having completely split bankings and savings accounts just because I don't think it encompasses the same team mentality. And what I mean by that is just that you're not working on the same page or working towards the same goal as your as your partner. And so in my mind, if you're not going to be on the same page financially, you're just on one step closer to divorce. And the, the statistics say that, right? Finances behind infidelity is the number one reason that people get a divorce. And so some other statistics I'll throw out there are 68% of couples who said they were on the same page with their spouse indicated that they had a perfect or nearly perfect financial communication. And 87% of married couples with similar or shared long-term financial goals except expressed high satisfaction in their marriages. That's from Ramsey Solutions. Uh, and, and the kind of the big one is 44% of married couples uh, between 18 and 54 years of age cited financial issues as a top stressor compared to 23% of married couples 55 and older. And so I would imagine that beginning years, that, you know, the people I'm talking to right now, the 18 to 35, I would imagine that number for, is much higher than 44%. So let's dive into kind of that first way to set up your, your banking account, and that would be your joint method. And this is my preferred method for most people. But that doesn't always mean it's the best way, but let's look a little bit deeper into the joint method. It's basically where you both are sharing a savings and a checking account. So both names are on your checks. So if you have checkbooks, uh, which most people do, especially as they become older adults, uh, and then debit cards, both names are on the debit cards, and both names are on the savings. The pros of this is it's just easier to manage overall uh, because everything is on either one or two statements. So if you got your statement, it's it's you got your checking and your savings and you got everything on there. Uh, so you're not looking at multiple statements there and it's easier to set up. So if you guys were to you know combine your accounts, it's a lot, much easier to just set up the two accounts. And uh, if you were ever unhappy with your service at your credit union or bank, then it's a little bit easier to move that as well. This method is really the best for traditional marriages or where your marriage where maybe you have one primary breadwinner. Uh, this way it limits the amount of transfers to other accounts to pay bills or other expenses as well, uh, just because everything is right there on one, on one checking account, one savings. All of your money is going into one checking account. Uh, you don't have to make a bunch of different transfers. 
Some of the cons of it, uh, one would be just that everything's out in the open, which can also be a, a pro for some people as well, especially if you have a spender. Um, so it makes it harder to be, maybe buy like a birthday gift or a Christmas gift just because you're kind of having to like pull out cash and then have to like buy that with cash instead of just using your card. But mon money is typically pulled together. Uh, so it's a little bit more susceptible to fraud. So if someone was to hack into your account, they're getting both of uh, the money that's going in there. So that can be kind of a, a disadvantage there. But another big one is just if you were ever to want to do something, most of the time, if you have a joint account, you do have to have both spouses to sign off on it. So if you're doing something a little bit quick, maybe buying a house or making some kind of a special purchase, that can kind of throw a wrench into things. But Again, if you're working together on one financial goal or multiple financial goals, then this is one of the best ways to, to pull your money together. So the other option I wanted to talk about would be your hybrid option. And this is basically where you have one spouse has their checking and savings and the other has their own checking and savings. And then you have a shared account, which it would be maybe it's two accounts, maybe it's just a joint savings or it's a joint bills account where you guys are both pooling money together to kind of accomplish that main goal. Maybe that's just all of your expenses. Maybe it's that you guys are both pooling money for a savings account, but basically you guys have your own individual checking and savings. One of the big pros of this is that you guys are able to commingle your accounts a lot better or a lot easier. And that's what kind of Nicole and I did when we first got married is I had my account set up. I had bought a house before we were married, so I had all of the bills and everything set up to my own account. And so it was a lot easier, especially because she was really only using like a debit card at that time. So it was a lot easier to just set up an account, you know, attached to mine that she basically had her account, but we could basically transfer money from my account to her account. And then also we opened up a joint savings and a joint money market account. And so one of them was the emergency fund. And then the other one was just our joint savings that we were using to basically make special purchases and that kind of stuff. So it was easier for us just because I already had everything set up. And sometimes that's pretty normal when two people come together, especially if you're, you know, coming together in a second marriage or you're coming together later in life uh, when maybe you've one of you or both of you are both pretty established uh, when it comes to your finances. So that's one of the big pros of this. It's a lot easier to, to commingle your accounts. Uh, the cons is it can get confusing really quick. Again, you're not just having two accounts. You know, you don't have a checking and savings. You guys each have your checking and savings and some kind of shared account. So at, at the bare minimum, you have five accounts that you have to account for. And then from there, it's really hard to split bills. You got to really go through and figure out who's paying for what. Um, and if you're not doing a budget, this is where really that marriage can, can, can see a strain. You're not working on the same page. Maybe one of you feels like, hey, I have the bulk of the bills. Maybe the other one doesn't. Um, and so they have some more leeway with their income. And so they're feeling like, hey, I can go out and buy a new car or I can buy this nicer car where one of you is going, hey, I feel like I can't do that. I'm living on pennies here. And so that's where if you're not doing some kind of a budget and you're doing the hybrid option is it, it can cause some issues in your marriage or in your financial picture pretty quick. So some ways that you can kind of combat that 
Uh, one thing that I did, especially when we moved to our second home here in the Bow Creek area, is we were able to split things a little bit differently. So in our first house, because I had purchased that and it was a really small house with kind of some small bills, it was really easy for me to just kind of keep paying those. And then anything that Nicole was making, that kind of went for our savings. And so she was kind of funding the savings and I was kind of just doing all of the, the bills. And then anything I had extra, I was putting into that shared savings as well. So really, we're, it was pretty simple, but we moved into our second house. The bills were a little bit more expensive, but what I did is we went through the budget and we split everything fairly. And what I mean by that is whoever's making the most money is getting the bulk of the bills and then whoever's making lesser amount, they're getting a lesser amount of the bills. But at the end of the day, we both have the same net uh, amount that's coming out of our, our paychecks, I guess you could say. So you got your, your net paycheck minus any of the bills and that's just your net amount that you have at the end of the month and for us it's even and so i felt like that was the most fair way to do it and again that can be pretty complicated for most people especially if they're not doing a budget now one thing i mentioned in the last podcast or last episode was that you should have some kind of a bills account and again this is the account that any of the bills that you have that are kind of ongoing are, become, are coming out of this amount. And so when you break down your budget, you know that you've got these fixed expenses. You know you're going to have to pay your mortgage. You know you're going to have to pay your uh, car insurance. You're going to have to pay your utility bills. And for most part, your utility bills are pretty even. You know, For some months, maybe your gas bill in the summer is really light, but in the winter, it's a little bit more. But on average, you know, especially if you go back and do a budget, on average how much those are so you can budget those out pretty easily and now for some people they do it differently so they maybe they have a bill paid through their credit union or bank and so they have uh, these bills being paid out of that bills account or they have a, a bills account set up and then these bills are being ACH directly from that account there's no better way to do it really it's just whatever is most convenient for you and what you're more comfortable with um, i just do for the most part just an ach directly out of that account now most times when you do an ach it has to come directly from your main savings so if you have some other kind of digital envelope or kind of some of these auxiliary savings accounts it can make it a little bit more difficult to do some kind of a bill pay out of that and so our main savings is our bills account and then we have an auxiliary savings account that's just for that it's just to put the the extra money that we have away in that extra account and then we've got some other things maybe that's taxes that we have to do we have to withhold taxes from our pay and then we have some accounts for our kids and stuff like that but regardless of what method that you guys choose to set up your bank account, you should have one of these bills accounts. It just makes things so much easier. So that way you're not just going day to day, week to week, just paying your bills as they come in. Because if you do that, at the end of the month, there's always going to be nothing left. You're always going to spend everything that you make. But if you account for everything, then every bill will be paid and you can start saving money by paying yourself first which is the way you start to build wealth. And let's, let's dig a little bit more into that because we're getting into some, some really good stuff here. So when you get your paycheck, it's really easy to just figure out how much needs to come out to pay those bills that come in every month. So if you do a monthly budget, you can take that monthly budget, 
multiply it by 12, now you have an annual amount. And then dependent on how you get paid, whether that's weekly or biweekly, you can divide it by however many times you get paid in a year. And so each time you get paid, that tells you how much that you need to be putting away into that bills account. And that way, when you do get paid and you transfer that money over, it's already done. Anything that's left over is maybe for those extra purchases or just kind of free for you to spend. How It just depends on how you do your budget. I know some things just come up. Um, like, for example, I can't tell you exactly when we're going to need to buy diapers or when exactly we're going to need to buy paper towels from Sam's Club. Sometimes those trips can be $100 pretty easily. You get like four items and it feels like you're at 100 bucks. So you know that you're going to have to pay for those usually one month to month, but you don't know exactly when. Now, if you're starting your bills account for the first time, make sure you kind of front load it a little bit. So if you maybe already have your emergency fund, I encourage you to just put your emergency fund in there and then month to month or from paycheck to paycheck, make sure you're putting that money in there. And the reason I say that uh, just because some things like car repair or something like that, those can be different from month to month, year to year. And so I encourage people who have used cars to make sure that you're still putting a certain amount away each month to pay for those kind of things. Uh, I know my grandpa always preached, you know, put $100 away each month to pay for whatever it's going to be that's going to come on your car. And it's worked pretty well for a long period of time, you know, between brakes, batteries, uh, maybe tires. Those are things that no matter what kind of car you have, you're going to have to pay for that kind of stuff. And then over on top of that is going to be your bigger uh, expenses or bigger things that happen in your car. And so nowadays it's maybe more like $200 a month, but uh, back when he kind of preached that $100 worked pretty well. But again, if you're starting that bills account for your first time, make sure you front load it a little bit just because you don't want to start doing that. And all of a sudden in month two, bam, you've got these bigger expenses that you weren't accounting for. Now, a common question I get is, you know, I'm a part of a bank or I'm a part of credit union, which one's the best and which one should I be using? And you just really got to know the difference between the two. So big banks, you know, when I'm talking about big ones, ones that you've all heard of, they're publicly traded, that kind of a thing. Um, but the, big, the good thing about them is that they're national. You can go around the country, you can go to Florida, you can go to Ohio, whatever state you're in, you're most likely going to be able to find a branch in that town. Uh, and that's really the positive of it, is that no matter where you go, there's going to be a branch that you can do your banking in. So as a young adult, that is a, is a good option for you. Um, and then there's other pros. Maybe it's the commercial options uh, that usually have better apps on your phone just because they have more, uh, more customers and that kind of a thing to be able to pay for that kind of a service. And then again, they have more locations. And then the big thing that you need to know too about banks is that they're typically owned by shareholders. And so they are for profit business. And then anything that they really have that comes into the profit, again, is getting paid to the shareholders, not necessarily the, the bank uh, members. Where credit unions are a little bit different, they're typically you know, nonprofits. So any of the profit that you could say that, that comes through is getting passed to the members. And so that's what makes it the nonprofit. And so they typically have lower interest rates when it comes to loans. They have better interest rates when it comes to mortgages and cars, but they also have better savings rates when it comes to CDs and that kind of stuff. So overall, lower fees, better savings rates, um, and lower interest rates for your loans. So that's usually where I point people to credit unions. And two, I feel like that credit unions are 
are more personal. They built their business on the members that are right there in the community. And so a lot of times they know exactly who you are, your name, your whole situation. And so I typically push people towards credit unions, but that doesn't mean that's the best for you. So again, if you're a younger individual and you're kind of starting out or you've maybe had your banking for a little while based on what your parents had, it might be a time for you to look at your own personal situation and figure out what's best for you. Again, the big thing with the banks is that they're national. So if you did get a different job or you moved, you know, you're able to really keep on going with your account. You don't have to switch to a different credit union or something like that. Now, the big advantage with some credit unions is they do have this co-op shared branch network, and that allows you to go to 5,600 other branches and then there's more than 54,000 surge-free ATMs that you can go to as well. So that's a way that you can keep your account at your credit union and then still use some other credit unions and do some, some simplified banking there with little hassle. So if you ever have questions on that, feel free to just send me a message or send me an email. And I'd love to either talk to you about that or give you some contacts of some different credit unions and, and allow them to talk to you about you know their positives and negatives. So again, in summary, we just talked about how to set up your different banking and savings accounts. Again, there's three options, but I really only talked about two, and that would be the joint or the hybrid option, just because I think it's best for your marriage and your overall financial picture. And then we talked a little bit about the, the bills account again, and then you know if you should be in a credit union or a bank. So again, if you have any questions or want to send me a message, feel free. Again, my email is cbowserman at hirep.net. And then you can send me a message on any one of the social medias or Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there pretty easily. Again, if you want to give me some information to talk about, maybe there's something on your mind that's uh, weighing pretty heavy on you, please feel free to send me a message. And I'd love to not only talk to you about that, but then I could also bring it up on a podcast because likely if you're going through it, somebody else just like you is going through it as well. Be sure to catch our next episode. I'm going to be interviewing Ryan Underhill. He's a farmer's insurance agent, and he's going to be talking a little bit more on that other side of the circle talk, which would be the insurance and the property casualty side. And so I'm going to be asking him a bunch of different questions that's going to help you out, give you some great information and knowledge that's going to be able to better your financial picture. So make sure you stay tuned for next week and we'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowserman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor in any of the securities and advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments. Products and services provided are not NCOA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.